We'll spend the next few moments in our service this morning celebrating God's power to save sinners. Every week we do this, we celebrate the Lord's death through communion. And to begin our celebration this morning, I want to turn our attention to a passage of the Bible. And if you don't have a Bible this morning, some very kind gentlemen are waiting here at the wings to give you a Bible, to put a Bible in your hands. If you don't own a Bible, you can keep this one. And uh, if you don't have one with you this morning, we'd love for you to to read along. So just slip your hand up, let those guys know that you need a Bible. And turn in your Bibles to John chapter 3 and to verse 16. And this is the verse that makes its way between the goalposts of many a football game. This is a verse that is memorized by many. This is a verse that carries with it the danger of familiarity. And I want to meditate on the truths in John 3.16 this morning as we prepare our hearts to think about Jesus' death and what it means. For God, in this manner, loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That every believing one in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. Rightly, this is a much-known verse, a well-known verse. It encapsulates the central themes of the entire Bible that you hold in your hands. And maybe at first blush, this verse might give us reason to think that we are extremely lovable because God loved us, when in fact that is exactly the opposite conclusion we should have from this verse. This verse is not about the great big lovability of the people whom God loved, but the great big deep love that God himself has for the unlovely. For the unlovable. And I want you to see that for just a few moments here this morning. This of course is John chapter 3. And Jesus has been carrying on a conversation with a religious leader. With Nicodemus, a Jew. And for Jesus to tell Nicodemus, who is the teacher of Israel, that God has a love not just for Jews, in fact, not just for Pharisees, not just for male Pharisees, and not just for the elite, is a shock to Nicodemus. And Jesus says Nicodemus has to be completely reworked. He has to be born again. Or else he isn't getting in. And in Nicodemus' mind, if he's not getting in, nobody's getting in. And Jesus upends everything in him and says God loves the world. This isn't a statement about universality. This is a statement about the badness of the object of God's love. Those dirty, rotten people out there, and for proof of this, we only need to read a little further. John three eighteen. He who does not believe has been judged already. This world is under the right condemnation and judgment of God for its sin. This is a world full of rebels who live under God's sun and walk on God's green earth and take God's oxygen and spite him. They want to live their own way. 
John 3.19, this is the judgment that light has come into the world. Jesus is that light and he has come into the world. But here's what the world does with that. Men loved darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. And man fundamentally doesn't have a, just an arrangement problem with his life needing to fix a few things or an intellectual problem with his life needing to know a few things He has an ethical and moral problem with his life. At the very core, he is in love with the things that God hates. And he hates God and hates the things that God loves. This is a problem from the very core of who we are. And Jesus' declaration here is that God loves such sinners, such rebels. To what end? God so loved the world, and that so there is simply the word thus, or thusly, or in this manner. You want to know how God loved the world? This isn't a statement, how much did God love the world? God loved the world so, so much. No, that's not the word here. God loved the world in this manner. To this end, that he gave his son. And I know we celebrate Christmas, and we give each other's gift, other gifts at Christmas time, celebrating God giving us His Son. But think about what it means for God to give His Son. What did He give Him over to? He, he gave Him to a world that would despise Him and mock Him and beat Him and trump up false charges against Him and murder Him. He gave Him up to the cross. Where God the Father himself would pour out infinite wrath on his one beloved son. To what end? To love this bad world of rebellious sinners. And to what end did God love and God give? So that whoever believes, literally all the believing ones in him, will not perish, but will possess eternal life. The great and glorious end of God's love is that it accomplishes what it set out to do. He sent his son to rescue sinners who would believe and would be guaranteed eternal life rather than the destruction that they are due. And my friends, if you are here this morning as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have every reason to celebrate for you have been given everything. You've been given a relationship to your creator which you had no right to. You've been given forgiveness of sins. (laughs) Every crime, past, present, and future has been wiped out so that you could be part of God's family. What a remarkable thing. And if you're a believer here this morning, we we will drink a, a cup of juice representing Jesus' blood spilled at the cross and we will eat a piece of bread symbolizing his broken body at the cross. And we do this to remember that death, for it is that death which purchased our pardon, which brings us to God. You don't have to be a member of Grace Bible Church to partake in this communion, but you do have to be a believer. If you're not a believer here this morning, let me just encourage you not to eat the bread, not to drink this juice, because this is a a memorial, a celebration for what Jesus has done for you who believe. If you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, let me tell you, you must. And you can surrender your life to him this day and have everything be made new. 
Let me encourage you to do that. If you will not, just let the bread and the juice pass by and, and listen. Contemplate your life without God and contemplate your life surrendered to Him. The men are going to come forward at this time and distribute the bread and the juice. And when your heart is prepared, you've examined your own heart and your own life, confessed any sins that you need to confess. Rejoice with joy, believer, in your forgiveness and celebrate this with us together. Do that on your own when your heart is prepared and I will close us in prayer.